1: Right, welcome to another edition of uh, hey hoinsey live we're doing a, a live chat here on zoom with uh, as many of our subtext subscribers as uh, are, are able to join us uh before we get started uh, big news off the bat i guess uh we, we posted about it we subtexted about it ruben niebla the uh indians assistant pitching coach is as rumored is going to join san diego it's his uh Hometown team, the you know, not he lives not far from there in El Centro, California, and uh, Ruben's going to go take over the the Padres staff. Coensy, how do we feel about that?
2: Yeah, Joe, that's a that's a big loss. I'm I'm happy for Ruben. You know, he's always wanted to uh, to be uh you know the, the lead uh, pitching coach, the head pitching coach, uh, but I know he was conflicted about leaving uh, the Indians. he had been here 21 years. I really liked uh, what the Indians have done here. They treated him well, uh, paid him well, um, but I think this was an opportunity he couldn't pick up, you know, pass up. This was a, you know, this is a good team, you know, although they didn't play very well this past season, but they've got a lot of talent and uh, he gets a chance to run his own show.
1: Yeah. Do you think there was any hesitation on Ruben's part since they don't know who the manager is yet? They haven't really completed that process after they fired Jace Tingler uh, following the season. So really Ruben's taking over as a, uh, as a pitching coach without really knowing who the manager is going to be uh, yet uh, that probably took a little extra coaxing on the part of AJ Preller and the, the folks that in San Diego.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I would think, but uh, you know, obviously, obviously, you know, if you look at the the last couple of co- managers that the Padres had their first year guys, Uh, And if they follow that vein, I think, uh, you know, it it sounds like the GM is running the show there. So, you know, his call goes and I'm sure Ruben will, uh, you know, whoever, whoever they hire as a manager is going to work well
1: with him. All right. Uh, Just to let you guys who have joined the chat uh, know, hey, first of all, welcome. Welcome to Hey Hoinsie Live. Uh, If you're able to to utilize the uh, the hand raising function to, um, you know, in the in the. Uh, chat portion of the the window here. Uh, Go ahead and do that. Otherwise, I'll just open the floor up to questions. I know a lot of you guys uh, have a lot on your minds. Uh, Just make sure you're unmuted and and fire away. Uh, Anybody who wants to step up and go first, feel free. I got one. Greg, fire away. Well,
3: maybe an obvious issue, but this whole thing about the Guardian's name, how in the wide, wide world of sports did the Indians let this... Get to this point,
1: and what's the plan? Hoynes, uh, you want to go first, or you want? Yeah, want me to go uh, yeah that, that, that's a
2: great question. Uh, they, I, you know, from everything I've heard, they knew about uh, this. Uh, you know, the Guardians, the uh, the the roller the roller derby team. And they also named the Guardians when I don't, when they. I don't know how to adopt. change the camera? It's stuck on the that camera. <laughs> <laughs> <You know. laughs> when they announced, you know, when they announced the name change in July. Um But uh, I think they thought they could buy them out. And obviously, you know, they didn't buy, they didn't offer enough. So now it's kind of a, a legal battle. But, you know, I st- I'm still pretty confident that they'll, that the Indians, you know, when they open the season on, Mar- on March 31st, are going to be uh, the guardians, I should say. The guardians will be the guardians on March thirty-first.
1: Yeah, there's there's little doubt. I think uh, that 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 is going to happen. Uh, they wouldn't have moved forward and made the announcement when they did back in July if they didn't have complete confidence that even if you know the the matter got taken to court, that they would still either prevail in that way or at some point you know reach an agreement to to buy out the the, the roller derby team. Uh, and their their use of the name. Uh, I, I don't see it being all that much of a, an obstacle, but I guess it boils down to, I mean, roller derby. Are you really going to you really do you really think a roller derby team has the resources to continue a fight and, and prevail in a fight uh, against a major league baseball franchise? I, I don't think it's it, it's anything that the, the club is really sweating too, too much. Did that did that satisfy yeah. your question, Greg, or did you have a follow-up no. to
3: that? No. Well, for now, I just, I just can't believe – I wonder if this is just a stunt for them to get uh, publicity, to give them a little more clout, if indeed they don't have the money and don't have the visibility, because wh- why else would they be coming out like
1: this? You're, you're talking about the roller derby team? Yeah. A uh, stunt for them? Yeah, I think it's more, more of like a stunt on that part. There is no. I really don't think that this is any sort of a a bait and switch sort of thing with the with the Indians um, in terms of you know maybe they floated that name out there so they can see the reaction and get all the negative reaction to that name and then say okay we're going with a different name uh, you know starting in March and well it won't be the Guardians it'll be something else and everybody would rally behind that I really that just seems like too much of a, a conspiracy theory or anything. Uh, I don't see it going in that direction, but you know, who knows? Uh, there, there are smarter minds than than myself out there and uh, when it comes to, to marketing and promotion and all that. So you, you, I doubt that they wouldn't have hired the best when it comes to that. Thank you. All right, who's next? Who's got a question on uh, Hey Hoinsy Live? Uh, Bill Hart, uh, I'm sorry I butchered your, your name there, Bill, but I, I see you've got the hand icon up. Uh, go ahead, fire away. <laughs>
4: Anything new on a, uh, minority owner?
2: Um, you know, uh, there, there's, you know, there's active, you know, conversations going on. Um, you know, Paul Dolan is, is talking to, to, uh, you know, to, to, prospects, I, I guess you'd say, uh, but the, I don't think there's anything imminent, but I would not be, I would not be surprised if something gets done this off season. The, the, the hangup is, you know, uh They've got all those. They've got uh, uh, John Sherman's shares in escrow, and they have to sell those shares uh, before you know they can they can get a minority owner. So it's it's like a joint deal that Dolan and Sherman have to find the right kind of you know they have to agree on the buyer, and uh, to buy his shares. I don't know if it's what is it thirty percent of the team something like that, and uh, then they'll go from there. But I know, you know, the, the, the talk, there's talk still going on.
1: Ahoynze, uh, I wonder if we, we know that at some point there was a plan in place to have uh, Sherman ascend to the majority ownership or, or take over control of the team at some point in the future, I, I believe was was what the the plan was that, that that story had gotten out there before the opportunity to buy the Royals came along for Sherman and he divested. So do you think uh, another minority owner that, that comes along when they do find a partner? Uh, do you think that same sort of plan of Ascension would would be in place as well?
2: Uh, you know, that, that's a good question, Joe. I, I'm not sure. I, I guess it depends on what kind of relationship Dolan, Paul Dolan would have with this, with, you know, the, the incoming minority owner. And, uh, you know, what he, what he, I think he'd have to find out, you know, just, how this guy is going to react, you know, for a couple of years, is that, is that the end game? You know, usually these guys, uh, you know, if you're a minority owner, you're always looking to become the majority owner like Sherman, you know, you, you come into these things, you, you learn how a big league club operates, how big league ownership operates. And then you, you know, you try to take the next step to, to buy a ball club.
1: Right. You don't want to have the Indians continually be a, or I'm sorry, Cleveland continually be an incubator sort of, for those next future owners when the next opportunity pops up. If the Dolans don't want to sell, they go somewhere else and, you know, invest their money there. Uh, We have another Bill in the chat room. Uh, He has his hand raised in the the chat function there. Uh, Bill, I'm I'm not going to try to, I I butchered your name the first time I tried to say it. So uh, other Bill, go for it. Bill from Boston. Um, I've really appreciated
5: some of the work you guys have done recently in terms of looking at the um, 40 man roster and the rule five is that's obviously a big event that's coming up for the tribe but in terms of building for the future. Um, it's not always clear exactly how those rules work and what they are. So that's been really helpful. One thing I didn't know that you guys mentioned in your last analysis was something about the clock starting. You know, I figured you could put 40 people on the 40 man roster but I didn't know anything about sort of a clock starts ticking once they're on the 40-man roster. I mean, options, all that stuff gets confusing. But um, somebody like a Janeski Knoll who's, you know, uh, you know, only played at single A and is 19. But the kind of numbers he put up, you want to protect a guy like that. But then what does that mean? He needs to – what needs to happen in what time frame if you're going to put a guy like that on the 40-man roster?
1: Paul, well, you want to go first or
2: – Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think you can only – if you're on the 40-man roster, you know, that then the options kick in. And, you know, then you get three options. Uh, and that, you know, three options, which kind of, you know. Uh,
1: it's basically you know, a season each. Every time you yeah. use an option, that option is good for the entire season. So can go up and down <laughs> from the minors as many times as he wants. So you've got and, three years of that. And <laughs> when, let's
2: say, uh, like like uh, Noel, the guy you're talking about, uh, you know, he – he gets put on the 40 man he goes to big league camp next next spring he gets sent down to double a AA or triple a wherever that's an option that counts as an option so you know that's why guys like, like sam henkis and uh, you know sam henkis and and the jc uh jc Mejia are out of options even though you know they've spent very little time in the big leagues because that option when you get sent when you get when you're optioned from the uh you know from spring training to the minor leagues, you know, at the end of camp, you know, that counts.
1: So that's why a guy like uh, Jose Tania, uh, John Kenzie Noel, those guys, uh, they're, they're very young, so they might be two or three years away from the big leagues. Putting them on the 40-man, you might not have to because what team is going to draft that guy and have to keep him on their major league roster for, you know, the entire season? You're not, you're not going to have a 19-year-old sitting on your bench. Uh, not playing at, in, in the majors unless he's, you know, Ken Griffey Jr. And, and then he's not sitting on your bench. Uh, so it, it, it's just, it's a, it's a guessing game and a chess match to see uh, which guys you leave unprotected to, to know which teams are sort of scouting and looking at those guys and where they value them. Uh, I, I can tell you, I, I talked to uh, Richie Palacios this afternoon. He's out in the Arizona Fall League right now, and he's tearing a cover off the ball. Uh, he's he's basically playing himself onto a 40 man roster spot in the Arizona Fall League because this is a kid he's 20 he's actually not a kid he's 24 he was drafted out of college and the the you know in terms of the clock starting you could put him on the 40 man roster because you know he's going to help your big league club within a year or two so bill i hope that answers uh, your question uh, hello from boston i guess is uh, i don't know who's Who's, uh, who's checking in from farthest away on this chat uh anybody got a uh, uh arizona arizona greg's in arizona all right that's uh that's quite. are you anywhere near goodyear or are you uh two hours away and near sedona okay very
4: nice i live in uh arizona about 10 miles from goodyear although i'm in vegas at the moment
1: well, Hoinsey will be joining you this week. There you go. You, you you're oh, yeah? at the craps table. There, is uh, <laughs> uh, heading oh. out for a uh, high rollers weekend. So, do, that's you, do you
2: usually win, Hoynesy? Oh, I'm a terrible gambler. I'm I'm uh, <laughs> I never win anything. <laughs>
1: Hoinsey's is a much better writer than he is a gambler, and that's uh, that, that's why he's been at this so long. Uh, who's next? Who's got another question for us? Anybody want to jump in? Or we've got a bunch of, oh, uh, look, you lose. All right. Yeah. Very <laughs> oh, good. I have one other if nobody else does. Uh, let's see. David just raised his hand. We'll go to David and then back to Greg after that. Go ahead. Go
6: ahead, David. Uh, coming back
1: coming back with,
6: with Ruben going to San Diego, uh, according to the Union Tribune in San Diego, Ozzie Guillen is being interviewed and seems to have kind of a, a lead spot, if you will, in being named cool. manager out there. That, to me, would seem to be an extremely... Uh, opportune fit, uh, for, for San
1: Diego. Yeah. Quincy, do you know, uh, what's, uh, what's Ozzie's background? Is he, baseball? Uh, was he from Mexico? Where, I know, cause that's where Ruben's from. I think
2: he's from Venezuela. Oh, I think, Venezuela. You know? Okay. Yeah. And, and, um, uh, Ozzie's, Ozzie's a trip, man. Oh, geez. Oh, man. When, when, he, when they, when he first got the White Sox job, we were at the winter meetings, yeah, and, you know, every manager, you know, That's when you don't want the, it the, the media. And he was, he was talking a mile a minute and he was saying things that managers just don't say. And I said, this guy is either, this guy is going to be, he's going to be great or he's going to get fired in, within a week because he couldn't keep his mouth shut. He, it was like, he was like, and I don't know if he's changed at all. Maybe he's, you know, a little older, a little wiser, but I I would love to cover that team if Ozzy's if Ozzy managing and you know maybe that's what the, the Padres need uh, you know a little more experience a guy that's played in the big leagues that was a star in the big leagues that's you know led a team to the World Series championship uh, but uh, if if Ozzy's a manager he's going to give that that GM a run for his money I bet
1: Ozzy's Ozzy's got that fire he's he's the guy if if you've got a team that's full of high paid uh, players that are sort of underperforming there. He's going to light that fire for sure if, uh, if he does get the, uh, uh, the job there in San Diego. How he would work with Ruben, uh, I, I don't really know and I can't really speculate on how the two of them would interact, but I think Ruben's reputation precedes him and sort of speaks for itself. The players that he developed here in Cleveland and, and really set up the structure for guys like Shane Beaver to ascend so quickly and, and become a, a star so quickly. Uh, and, and just we saw in this past season how how major league ready some of these young pitchers were and, and able to fill in when, when the Indians, uh, you know, suffered through some some pretty debilitating injuries to their to their rotation. Uh, it's funny. Hoinsey brings up that story about Ozzy at the winter meetings and sort of, you know, just firing off the cuff uh, off the cuff and, and saying things that maybe a manager shouldn't or, you know, uh, an experienced manager doesn't say, uh, you know, we had DeMarlo Hale. Uh, and we, we got two months of interviews with Demarlo Hale, uh, and it was uh, it was definitely a change from, you know, Tito sort of speaks in sound bites. Demarlo needed to needed to feel a little more comfortable before he got to that point with you, because you were always you could always tell he was he was maybe afraid of saying too much or saying something he he didn't uh, you know maybe that it wouldn't be approved of by the uh, the, the powers in front of him. Uh, so I don't think we really got to see. The full DeMarlo Hale this past season. What do you think, Coensy?
2: Yeah, he was in a tough spot. The same uh, with Sandy Alomar, the year before when he took over for Tito. Uh, you, when when it's not your team, I think you 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 know you kind of tread softly. You're afraid of. You don't want to sp- speak too soon. You don't want to overstep your boundaries and make it look like you know. You, a you're the you you are the manager, and B you're you're trying to take over for the manager. You know who's Who's on the injured list, so to speak?
1: Yeah, I, you bring up Sandy in that uh, 2020 season. Uh, he was he didn't pull any punches really when he talked about players directly. When you asked him about uh, you know how a player was performing or you know, how he was swinging in the in the batter's box or whatever, he'd he'd be direct about that. But it was you know other stuff in terms of the discipline and and all that kind of other stuff uh, that he might have been a little more apprehensive about. Uh, all right, uh, just a reminder, hey, uh, this is Hey Hoysey Live. Uh, you guys have been great with your questions and your feedback and responses on uh, subtext. Uh, it's It's shifting from Indian subtext to guardian subtext uh, moving forward, but you know it'll we'll we'll uh, catch ourselves and maybe get used to the the idea of saying uh, guardians uh, every every time we type a story or, or whatever. Uh, do you guys have any questions uh, about that or about anything else? Uh, go ahead, fire away if you're in there. I have a question. Uh, Jose Ramirez. Uh, i am
3: been around long enough. I keep falling for when a key player says how much they want to be here, how much they're <laughs> willing to go distance to to make it work, and then – they're gone to the highest paying bidder. I I don't know. Is this any different? Is there really a chance that we can either extend him or at least get him, you know, back for uh, next year and, and see what happens? I mean, what's, what's really happening there?
1: Boy, Hoinsey, uh, Greg brings up a great point. He invokes the, uh, the Jim Tomey principle, I guess, is, is what <laughs> yeah. he's, he's mentioning yeah. <laughs> there. Uh, a player that says, Oh, I want to be here. Oh, I want to stay and win championships here. And then, uh, you know, goes for the highest dollar, uh, Jose. What's your take on Jose Ramirez right now?
2: Yeah, you know, I, I, from what I, from what I've heard, um, that uh, you know, they, they are definitely going to pick up his option for 2020, 22. That's like a twelve twelve million dollar option. Um, you know, th- there's been some stuff on Twitter, you know, that said, uh, you know, they were close to a four year kind con- four year extension with Jose. And I talked to Jose's agent yesterday. He said, "You know, they haven't talked extension, and that that would be very unlike the Indians, anyways, because they usually don't talk extension until spring training or to the end of spring training with guys. And they've got Jose for two more years if they if they want him. You know, but you know, next year's a club option, which you know they have to pick up after the World Series, and then they've got him for 2023 on another club option." So, you know, I, I would think, you know, just going by track record, you know, if they pick up the two years, the two, you know, the two club option years, that's probably the, the, the most is that we'll see Jose the next two years. And I think he would, he would probably move on then. But, you know, I think they have talked about extensions. They've talked to, you know, they've talked to Shane Beaver about extensions. They talked to Francisco Lindor time and time again about extensions. But uh, they just couldn't get it done. They couldn't get it done with Bieber, although he's still here, obviously. And uh, they couldn't get it done with Lindor. But, uh, you know, I, you know, talking to Jose bef- before the last game of the season in Texas, you know, he said he'd love to stay here. He'd love to p- finish his career here. But, uh, you know, it takes two to tango. And uh, when you're talking about a player like Ramirez, I mean, you're talking about a lot of money. I don't know. Is he a, is he a Lindor contract? Are you talking about... Know plus three hundred million. You know he's he's a little older than 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 Francisco, but you know that that's you know it, it just depends. But right now, I think he'll you know the most I can say is he'll be back next year.
1: Think about how much uh, Jose Ramirez would command as a free agent on the market right now if he were a free agent after the World Series. Uh, you're talking in excess of thirty million dollars a year, uh, probably for uh, whatever he signs. Uh, the Indians have him at a bargain for the next two years at cost certainty. They have him for $12 million next year. They have him for 13 million with no buyout. If they don't pick up that option. And that's another thing that, that sort of makes it, uh, you you know, depending on how the, the 2022 season goes, what, what, when does the clock for trading Jose Ramirez start? Because if you trade him with the ability to, you know, have that, uh, you know, no, no buyout on that, that final year, uh, that, that could influence a team's interests as well. Uh, yeah, I, sadly, I think, uh, the, when right, the, you got two years left of Jose Ramirez and, uh, you know, maybe he tests the water after that, if he hasn't been traded yet, but, uh, you never know stranger things have happened. Maybe they break the mold and and, and renegotiate a contract before spring it, it, It's just, there, there is a pattern and a, and sort of a, a cadence to the off season and uh, Antonetti and Chernoff really haven't varied much from that over the last several years. So it, it leads us to believe, you know, that's, that's not going to be the case. Uh, let's go, let's go bill and then David after bill. Is that, that, that good? Go ahead, bill. Yeah, I think uh, there's two heard... bills. Uh, bill one, go
4: oh, ahead. Bill sorry. One. I'm sorry. Uh What do you guys think, uh, as a result of the new uh, uh, basic agreement, assuming we get one, uh, will happen in the way of rules changes? You know, there's been talk about a number of things. Uh, Personally, I would like to see that runner on second uh, (laughs) after the ninth inning go away, but, of course, you know, there's the universal DH and, uh, you know, time between pitches and just all kinds of things, but what does anything have the inside track as being likely might come about uh, with that?
2: Well, for one thing, I don't think there's going to be seven inning double headers, double headers will, will go back to nine innings. I think that's, that's a, for sure. I, I would think, uh, you know, there's been some pro and con about the guy starting at second base, uh, you know, in extra innings, Some people have said, You know, play it in regulation until you maybe you get to the twelfth inning, and and uh, you you know then then go then go with the runner on second base. You know, start each half inning then, Uh, and uh, the universal DH I think is definitely going to be in the forefront, don't you think, Joe?
1: Yeah, I would say those two that you mentioned are are certainties: the uh, the nine inning double headers and the universal DH. You can almost guarantee that both of those will be in the the CBA. Uh, As far as the uh, the extra inning runner. I, that's one that Manfred can, can put in himself, isn't it? Isn't that one that, that doesn't need to be negotiated? So, you know, if, if his, if he remains on this uh, pace of play and, and, you know, three hour games sort of initiative and, and that, that being his goal, I, I think, uh, you know, that might stick around. I think you might get that, uh, you know, all in there, but uh start looking let's let's broaden your horizons here let's start looking at a robo dh or a an automatic strike zone here because if you've been watching the playoffs and, and we all have uh there have been some egregiously missed calls and when you see uh you know those uh, on twitter we see the the umpire scorecards where you know they they show the 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 three most important pitches of the game that were missed because in those situations it cost a team runs or it it could have extended innings. Uh, and, and we see who, how some of these umpires are just woefully outside this, the established strike zone on these guys. Uh, and even outside of the strike zones that they've established in games, the inconsistency. Uh, I think where it's, everybody says, oh no, it's never going to happen, but it's going to happen. The Arizona Fall League is using it right now. It's, it's not far away from having uh, sort of electronically assisted umpires. How about
4: expanded playoffs?
1: Yeah, I think, you
2: know, that I think, uh, you know, we saw it in 2020 and I thought I really liked that, you know, when they had the two wild, you know, you know the extra wildcard teams. And, um, you know, I think that's a bargaining chip for, uh, you know, for uh, for this CBA, this, C- you know, the the, the, the basic agreement. Uh, I, I know the owners would love it. That, that would increase revenues. Uh, and I, I don't think the player, you know, so the players would probably maybe, uh, you know, maybe that's something they hold back and and, and try to get a, a better deal with and, and to do that. So but I think it would help. It would help players, too. I mean, players would obviously make more money and uh, get more exposure. Uh, so, yeah, I think I think that's a good point. Uh, you know what? Ten teams made it this year. Uh, you know, it, it, it would be it would be interesting to see that the field expanded. Definitely. It's
1: you're telling me expanded playoffs would would definitely help with player exposure. Eddie, uh, Eddie Rosario is benefiting from from the, uh, the playoffs more than any player in the history of playoffs. Oh, my I think. God. Uh, you know, he he is earning himself a check every time he steps into the batter's box. This this postseason, uh, David, let's go to David and then Bill in Boston after David and then Len after Bill in Boston.
6: I kind of have a two-part question uh, to the same topic. Uh, Do you think that, that there will be more trades prior to any agreement, seeing as how the current CBA expires on December 1st? And the second part of that question is, is Antonetti and maybe even more in particular the fans ready to part with one of our starters if we really need to find that outfielder or perhaps second base? that can really help us a young guy controllable that's going to cost us a starter are we willing to give up a police act mckinsey quattro logan i'm kind of discounting savalier and beeper they're going nowhere but are we willing to part with and are the fans agreeable to part with somebody for a reynolds adele uh low from tampa bay that kind of thing that's going to cost us a starter
1: uh, i'm glad you mentioned brian reynolds go ahead hoinsie
2: Yeah. You know, after what happened this past season, you know, I I hate to give up pitching. I I just hate to give it up, but you know, this, this team has obviously done that. We've seen them, what Carrasco, Kluber, uh, Bauer, you know, uh, Clevenger, they traded them, but those were more like financial situations when they did, they got to a point where they didn't want to pay them. But I would think if they have a chance to, uh, to, you know, get a controllable player, like a, a, a Reynolds like you, you uh, the guy from Pittsburgh. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think they'd look into that. Uh, but who would it be? You know, I guess everybody talks about police act, and maybe he's the guy. And uh, but uh, I, but it would be it, it would take a lot of arm twisting for me if I if if I was Antonetti to trade a pitcher, start a starting it, pitcher. It,
1: it's funny how the, the philosophy shifted from the the nineties or whatever. You know, when they would trade uh, Jeremy Burnett's uh brian giles richie Sexton and those guys those position players now there's now they've got this stockpile of of really good pitching uh i want to mention uh we're, we're under about 10 minutes here on this uh this chat so i'm going to get to as many of these as we can we're going to try and keep the uh the answers and the questions short uh bill in boston you're up go for it yeah i think um... I think many of us are in agreement
5: that we've seen enough of, you know, Zimmer and Johnson and uh, <laughs> Perez Mercado in the corner outfield talking about the, the kind of, you know, we probably have as many as 50 people. We'd love to fit on the 40 man roster. Seems like there's kind of a quantity over quality problem where there's maybe very few people that get you really excited. Um, but there's a lot of quantity there. You know, What are your thoughts that you know talked a little bit about making a trade there? Um do you see them maybe calling up and playing guys like Oscar Gonzalez and say Nolan Jones in the corner outfield next year, or are they just gonna, you know, try to sign some free agents like they did with Rosario and just kind of keep all these
1: guys trapped down at the minor leagues piling up. If anything, 2021 showed us that the Indians have a lot of four a outfielders you know, (laughs) not triple a guys, not major league guys, but four a guys. They've got future stars down in the minors in uh, George Valera uh, maybe an Oscar Gonzalez if he can work his way in there I think Valera lo- right now looks like the guy uh, and you mentioned uh, Nolan Jones as well but he's coming off of ankle surgery Poinsley what do you think
2: yeah you know I, I think uh, they would they would look at that Valera is probably the, the guy I would think that that you know has got a target on his back you know Oscar Gonzalez had a great year at AAA and A, AA, but he's a minor league free agent and after the World Series he could turn free agent they They'd have to try to resign him or or but uh, he's an interesting guy. And I don't know, you know, I've never seen him play the outfield Joe has. And Uh-oh.
1: he's a little, he's a little questionable. He's he's a DH Onezy. He's a DH. He's, a DH. <laughs> he's insurance. Another if Ramirez. You if you keep him, he's insurance for uh uh if Framil gets hurt, because oh, he's like Bambi on skates. Go, go. <laughs> Uh, Len, uh, first question, first time. Go ahead. uh, Unmute and fire away. You got to unmute, Len. Okay. Joe, you
0: asked about uh, Guardians name questions. On this morning's local news, they were telling the story about, you know, Atlanta's uh, Morton that got hit last night. But after that story was over, they said, you know, the commissioner was talking to the reporters, a ton of reporters, and they were asking about how, how come Atlanta uh, was able to stick with the Braves and his answer, and I didn't see the, the press conference firsthand, but this is what the reporter said, that uh, uh, he supported that uh, completely, that, that the Braves would retain that name and went on to say, even the Atlanta chop, he said, I really like that, or words to that effect, and I really support them doing that. My question is, how did Atlanta get away with that? And I don't care so much about them, but how did, uh, what did the Dolans just cave in on this? And okay, Commissioner,
1: whatever you want to do. Hoinsey, uh, we're running out of time, so keep it short. Uh, if we cut off before uh, the end of the question, I wanted to thank everybody. Hoinsey, fire away.
2: Yeah, that's that's an ownership, Len. That's an ownership decision. The uh, the Braves, when when uh, you know the Washington Redskins and the Indians in 2020 said they were going to change their name or thinking about changing their names, the uh, the, uh, the the Braves said no, we're not. And uh, you know the Braves have a great relationship with the, Ch- the Cherokee Nation in in their region, and uh, they they got approval from from the Native Americans that uh, you know they they weren't all for. You know the ch- the chop and, and the name Braves, but they weren't totally against it. It wasn't the the, the blowback that the Indians got from uh, you know that consistent group of uh, uh, you know protesters against Chief Wahoo and the Indians. And you know really when uh, when 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 the commissioner you know came on when he got his job he the Indians were in his target that they had a target on their back. He was he wanted to change Chief Wahoo. Because it was it was bringing legal legal problems
1: for them, right? And and I think there are there are clear differences between you know uh, an an, amount, uh, an analogous sort of Indians name as opposed to the specific Braves, the imagery that was associated with the Braves, you know the the tomahawk as opposed to the character of Chief Wahoo. Uh, there were problematic uh, things about that, and uh, this isn't uh, you know you know I, we could have a whole nother discussion and chat focused on why the name change was, you know, the right thing or the wrong thing to do. But uh, the bottom line is that the change was made. It's, it's been moved forward. Why, uh, you know, complaining about, you know, who has, who's allowed to keep what name and who isn't right now. I, it doesn't make a lot of sense. It's, it's more a, along the lines of just moving forward. I think with, uh, with the guardians, uh, we're at about two and a half minutes left. Uh, you guys, what do you think of subtext? What do you think of the job that we're doing, keeping you guys updated? Anybody got a thought on that or want to share uh, anything? Uh, I see a thumbs up. So, uh, Greg, we'll, we'll keep doing it uh, there. I uh, appreciate the, the encouragement. Um, but if you, if you guys have any suggestions or changes, let us know. Bill, go ahead.
4: We really appreciate the time that you guys have, have uh, put into that. And uh, how you've carried some of it over to your podcast, also. So uh, I just hope you'll have the time and the wherewithal to continue it.
1: Oh, that's what we're we're looking for here, uh, Bill. We appreciate the the encouragement. About uh, we're under two minutes here uh, in on time for this uh, this uh, edition of Hey Hoinsey Live. Uh, any last minute questions or, or thoughts? I saw in the Atlantic that uh, Tony Clark is going to bring
6: up this issue with the Braves, uh, with this tomahawk chop. Uh, So it's interesting. He says coming from a black background, uh, he knows what the insults are like. He's getting some uh, feedback from the players. There are some players out there who don't like the Atlantic, the chop, not so much the image of Mm -hmm. the, uh, the, the Indian, but the chop. And he wants to talk about that when it comes to the collective bargaining.
1: So that was an interesting thing that I hadn't uh, hadn't seen before. Well, yeah, Hoynzy, you brought up a, a, on the podcast today, you mentioned that the, the chop originated with Deion Sanders.
2: Yeah, when Deion Sanders came and played for the Braves, that's when uh, the fans started doing the chop from, you know, the Florida Seminoles from, from you know. That, but the, the thing is, the Indians changed their name, you know, um, the reason they changed it was, you know, following the, the death of George Floyd, they wanted to be, you know, Paul Dolan said, you know, uh, the name of a, of a professional sports team should unite a city, not divided. And I think the Indians have been dealing with this, you know, this friction between the have and, the, you know, keep the Indians or, or you know, change the name for, for so long that this was an opportunity to change it. And to you know, perhaps do something good with it.
1: All right, guys, that's going to wrap up this edition of Hey Hoinsey Live. We will do another one here sometime uh, in the future during the off season. Uh, but again, thanks for joining us and being a part of Subtext. Uh, we we'll look forward to talking to you guys all again.